0: hey everybody thanks for listening to the podcast as always hope you continue to enjoy the front row because we certainly enjoy bringing it to you and we bring it to you commercial free courtesy of the dunlap champions club you've heard us talk about it it's a great deal football season is uh ticking ever closer i know the countdowns are going uh, they've got a half season ticket package on sale if you want to test drive the champion the dunlap champions club which means you get to choose either the miami or louisville games and then any two of the remaining four games. maybe
1: more importantly before you make that decision call the boosters set up an arrangement go by if you have been there go by and check it out you're going to be impressed with the facilities and uh, i guarantee
0: you if you go through the tour you're probably going to sign up real quick 850-583-9066 line one to uh, buy your ticket, schedule a private tour there's misters going in we know the first uh, couple games are night games so you won't have to deal with the sun you get unlimited soft drinks and food it's a good deal so check out the dunlap champions club and we tip our cap to them
2: now with that said
0: here's the front row Football is finally in the air. The calendar says August. It was even a bit cooler in Tallahassee to start the week. Things are right again in the world. Keith, how are you?
1: Favorite time of the year, Tommy, the fall. And uh, the second uh, that I know that fall was upon us is when fall camp begins,
0: and that uh, was August 1st. You do know that there will be a letdown that comes with fall camp, and that is the fact that there's still a month till the game. Actually, a month from today. Understood. Understood. So we'll be excited this week, and then about a week from now, we'll think, all right, can we... Actually actually get to a game we'll show our maturity
1: and uh, how advanced we are in our broadcast careers and we'll just find a way to create the excitement that is
2: college
0: oh i thought you meant front row knolls well that's even better let's do that college game day announced today that they're going to the alabama florida state game that was i knew that last week lee corso said that last week nobody believes the old man you know when college game day decided they were going to the alabama florida state game about seven months ago I was going to go with when they signed the contract to play the game. Well, I was going to go la- last ago.
1: game of the 2016 campaign.
0: Yeah, exactly. So to nobody's surprise, College Game Day will be on hand, which if there was any doubt about the magnitude of this game, it's now been silenced by that. Well, see, that's the positive reporting. Here's 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 pointing out the negative reporting. I'll leave it to Keith, the numbers guy. Here we go. What you yeah. got? Yeah,
1: article in the Democrat what, last week. Said that the FSU Athletic Department lost one point eight million dollars in 2015-16 No, they didn't. They made one point eight million dollars after they gave a million dollars back to the university.
0: Somebody can't read a financial statement. I
1: have it in my hot little. I hand. know. If I'm looking at it, look right now, at it right now. I'm just.
0: I'm. I'm curious. I'm pausing because I'm wondering how many line items you're going to get into here. Because no, I mean, I'm this just
1: going to go with that one. And they made one point eight million dollars after giving a million dollars back to the
0: university. That's the fact they're going to make $5 million for playing Alabama in this game. That's a fact, They made Jack. $4 million That's for a playing fact. Jack. Ole Miss last year in Orlando, which is why these games are going to continue to be the norm. Now, next year there is not one. Next year, Florida State will open on Labor Day night, hosting Virginia Tech. But, Side note, but
1: that technically is still part of what that original deal was way back when FSU and Miami were going to play. Oh, on it's Labor part of day the night. yeah Labor Day night. It just
0: won't be a neutral site game, right? But the five million is not tied to the TV contract. That's tied to Florida State and Alabama playing. That is also game. correct. Yeah, that is the ACC window. And then two years from now, Florida State will play in, in Jacksonville against Boise. Although I don't. That may not be opening week. I'm trying to think about that. That's a that's a. a, a it's a, early September. Is that an away game? Yeah, might that might be got relocated opener. or home yeah, game. Yeah, it's, was... it's a home game that got relocated. Got really and for now, the game at Boise, the return game, is still on the books. But anyway, and then Florida State returns. Why are we returns? talking about? This is the kind of thing you talk about in July. Let's talk about football, Jimbo. Apparently, had nothing to do yesterday because he talked to the media for almost an hour. I mean, he was just yeah, tried, hanging out. He, he went uh, – did you go? I, I did. I,
1: I did not get a chance to go. I had a prior commitment, but I was reading through the transcript this morning, and the transcript was like 17 pages. And I'm going, how many, how, how many times can he say – you know what I mean?
0: You know what I mean? And I didn't count, but there were a number of them. Well, and there's a new football SID at Florida State, and I'm sure when they posted the job, they did not list transcription of Jimbo Fisher press conferences as one of the duties, but then they welcomed Derek officially. He doesn't do that. This is
1: done electronically. You don't know this.
0: Well, no. They talked about the fact that Derek had to do it manually yesterday at the press conference. Seriously? Seriously? Oh, I know that there is devices that can do this, but has Derek not discovered those devices? It's not just Derek. I mean, we can check how they're doing. I think the device they've used is called Intern. (laughs) Previously, and I don't know if Derek has his Intern yet. Anyway, the point is, he got welcome to the show yesterday. We're really digressing on this. The News du jour was that everybody's healthy, there's no academic casualties, and Rick Leonard has moved from right tackle to left tackle. That's sort of the synopsis of yesterday in a nutshell. Well, one casualty, scooter-related. True. Won the freshman offensive Not somebody Lyman. who was going to play, and that was known a week or two ago. By the way, Jimbo
1: say whether scooters had been banned or not. He you did know, not. You no, know, Randy Etzel, when he became head coach at Maryland, that was his first eating. He banned scooters. Football players could not ride scooters. Period, the end. Help and me I, out. Think,
0: I think other coaches have been concerned about them. Help me out here because I'm going to show my age. We're going to show our age. We're going to need Matthew to weigh in. What are the little hoverboard things that they uh, use across campus? not a hoverboard. A skateboard? Nah, it's like a skateboard. <laughs> it's, I, no. I, the, man, I'm totally drawing a blank. It's closer to like a Segway, only it doesn't have the – I can't think of what it's called i don't know matthew's matthew's showing his age too he's not we'll call it a hoverboard it's not a hoverboard. i can't think i'm not going to name names but i have seen several notable football and basketball players for florida state tooling across campus i'm talking guys that are worth millions as soon as they turn pro and i always kind of look and think i'm not sure that's the best means of transportation across campus i i uh, i would agree anyway i haven't seen anybody recently my my time, it was a skateboard or I, a bicycle. I will say this. Early last year, probably September, I did see DeAndre Francois on one. And then I subsequently saw him several times walking across campus. So I think a message got sent somewhere in there. But were you surprised getting back to yesterday's news uh, at all? I guess there wasn't a lot to be surprised about. But Rick Leonard moving to left tackle was sort of something that we – anticipated, thought could happen, didn't necessarily think that Jimbo would come out and say that that was how they were going to start practice. Well,
1: and then it was also reported, because uh, the first two periods were open, that uh, Leonard was not even operating at left tackle. I don't know if that's true or not true. I, I, personally, and again, there's no disrespect to Jimbo, but he gets asked a question and he's going to volunteer and answer occasionally. Sometimes he won't. It doesn't really matter right now. Uh, he went into a long explanation about how the left tackle position at the college level is different than the left tackle position at the pro level. Okay, I guess that's true. Uh, but I don't think it really matters right now. you got to get through camp. you got to get healthy bodies. got to see how they've responded in the summer. Uh, I, I did think it a little unusual because normally Jimbo's patented answer is every job is up for competition. I think Corey Clark had a great line in his column uh, Tuesday morning. Uh before the when he talked about how this is some of the things that Jimbo will say, every position is open for competition. Last year, while he's standing in front of a fifteen foot tall replica of 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 uh Dalvin Cook
0: during the press conference. Every 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 job's up for competition. That's in the players' lounge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh by the, so, the way,
0: it's still the same image of Dalvin Cook. It didn't get replaced with Jacquez Patrick or Cam there's no insight on the tailback race there. Derwin James doesn't have his mug up there. It's the same imagery from last year. At although least it was although Derwin Tuesday. was
1: named uh, the top uh, collegiate player. Which means what?
0: Sports Illustrated two weeks ago. And ESPN.
1: An ESPN, this, it means nothing. It means absolutely but nothing. But it's something for, it's something for us to, to, talk to talk about. about.
0: I, I have a reason. Now, there's a lot of excitement about this year's defense. I'm going to share a stack because I actually looked this up today. I actually took my you, own you time. You did homework? I did show prep today. Mark it down. We're two years into this. Matter of fact, we're coming up on an anniversary, I think, here from when we kicked off Front Row Knowles here on 97.9. But anyway, I'll share that momentarily after I share a reminder that uh, you need to say hello and uh, visit our good folks at Centrally and Parlor. Keith, I don't know that this one's for you and you or me. There might be a different demographic in mind. But uh, this Friday, if you order a uh, rosé, which is a frozen rosé uh, at the bar, you get a free small slice of pineapple porchetta pizza. Like I said, I, I don't think we're the demographic they're looking for on that, but it's just one of the many specials that continue to go on and take place with our friends Before like the Table.
1: Is that like a buttery nipple or something?
0: <laughs> I don't know. They probably have a special for that, too. But this is a family show, so we're not going to promote that. I'm just asking. Anyway, go over and uh, tell them we said hello, uh, stop at Madstone Township, the whole deal, and uh, tell them the guys at uh, Front Row Knolls said hello. All right, here's the, here's the defensive number. So last year... And we've had this conversation in the off season. Remember, uh, you and I were discussing: is this false hope about this year's team compared to last year? And we all thought because we had so much hope last it's year, so much. hope. And I'm just talking specifically about the defense, and we know what happened last year—the way the year unfolded. And I talked a little bit about this with Ira yesterday, uh, and Ira's of the opinion that the coaches, um, what's the right term? Well, that they that they missed in a couple, There there were guys they thought they could count on that proved that they couldn't which is part of coaching, but I, I I was looking at the numbers on this. So last year, once Derwin went down, Florida State was without seven of its top 11 tacklers from the year prior, which was Niall Lawrence-Stample, Terrence Smith, Reggie Northrup, JV and Elliott, who's playing well in Bucs camp, Jalen Ramsey, LaMarcus Brutus, and then Derwin James in game two. So they were at that point, they were without seven of their top 11 tacklers. This year... Defense lost DeMarcus Walker, Marcus Smith, and Marcus Lewis, who started early on or played them. One one of the misses, by the way, that you referred to earlier. Yes. They return 18 of their top 21 tacklers. The three they don't... And Derwin, plus Derwin, who was 22nd in tackles last year. So if you wrap your mind around that number, all of a sudden, maybe there is a justification for our optimism. You know, I I think one of the best
1: things that happened to uh coach Kelly's defense is is the Louisville game. And and our fans have heard me say it before, I'll just repeat myself. Game tape don't lie. Well, in 1978 we were beating Mississippi State 21 to 14 and we lost the ball game 55 to 27. We gave up 41 points in the second half. We never forgot that. That carried on with us in seventy nine when we when we had a great defense in eighty when we led the country in scoring defense. I think that Louisville game is in the minds of the coaches, it's in the minds of the players that are coming back, and you hate it, but there's nothing better than experience and living through something to be a good teacher.
0: You're talking about that imagery of Dalvin Cook. They might want to just blow up a couple images of Louisville guys running free and just put them in the players' well, lounge the, and let the them think about is, it every time. The
1: problem is you can't do justice because what you got to have is a, is a picture of the player and his number is getting smaller and
0: smaller and smaller because exactly. he's running away from you. <laughs> exactly. All right, we've got a lot to talk about today. Our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt will join us a little bit later. We'll talk X's and O's. also a, a new look, Seminoles.com, we'll discuss. And in terms of the fan experience at Doke Campbell Stadium, him, uh, during the game before the game game weekend fan day coming up this weekend uh, jason Dennard will join us who uh, handles marketing efforts on behalf of the athletics department matter of fact we will chat with him when we roll on right after this on front row Knowles.
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: Back on Front Row Knowles. Football is in the air. Won't be long until Florida State... And Alabama see toe meat leather, to quote our good friend Gene Deckerhoff, case. But more importantly, more importantly then right there'll be a home game after that. There'll be a home game right after that, and to talk about the uh, home football season and uh, what's going on in Tallahassee this fall in general, we go to the Earl Bacon Agency Hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, Ensuring Your Future Together, and we say hello to Jason Dennard from the Florida State Athletics Department. J.D., how are you?
3: Doing good, guys. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. So was it a good summer, or is summer your busiest time getting ready for everything you're about to discuss with us here for the fall?
3: You know, I don't think we had a summer. It's 12 months around here where there's no downtime. Um, the summer is actually amongst the busiest times for us.
0: Well, and th- that is good because we're excited to, to hear about what's going on. It starts with Fan Day this week. Is is, is there? Uh, what do we need to know about Fan Day? It's probably the same recipe that you've uh, rolled out in, in previous years, but uh, enlighten us.
3: Sure. Yeah, it's pretty much the same script as usual. We'll open the doors at 11. Um, it goes from 12 to 2, and then following fan day we'll get those guys out of here get them fed get them stretched out and they'll come out and do a an open practice for the fans weather permitting inside Oak.
1: and that that has been announced it will be an open practice
3: it will be open and it won't the, the most important thing to note is it's not a scrimmage um it right. won't be a scrimmage they're just going to practice so if you want to watch guys go through position drills and things like that um it will be open and bring your sunscreen because i imagine it's going to be a little warm
0: little diversion here but Keith you went through plenty of practices you've watched plenty JD you have too everybody always thinks it's the coolest thing ever to go to practice I'm not one of them I'm not I mean I I I hate to I I realize that uh I I probably shouldn't say this now JD since we're trying to encourage people to go out but uh I mean for one practice it's fun but it's not the same as the game day experience
3: it absolutely isn't I'll tell you I think we'll probably this will be another I'm guessing the same situation but For each of probably the last five, six years, without question, there will be weather of some sort. There will be rain early in the day or during it. There's there's always some kind of wrinkle in there for the afternoon shower here in Tallahassee.
1: And, and there's just no way, and, and, and understandably so, there's no way to move five or 10,000 people from Dope Campbell Stadium to the IPF when the team goes over there.
3: <laughs> you know, I it's funny. The first year the IPF was here, we tried to do that, and the fire marshal had other plans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not surprisingly. Um, the Friday night block party has been around for, uh, for several years now and i know that was uh, your creation in the athletics department there and uh what you, you just unveiled what we've got in store for 2017 so and, and you've had a good track now i'm going to confess i'm not a an aficionado here in terms of uh, being musically inclined but you've had an impressive track record of finding people just before they go big so who's on the docket this
3: year uh we've got some good ones there's only one that's been here before but um you know i try to say some of the names and i know it's probably going to be foreign to most but um Uh, opening weekend we have a group they're called Smithfield they're currently on the radio they have two songs that have been made radio the guy that's going to be here for the Miami game actually has the number one song in the country right now his name is Walker Hayes Um, Colt Ford is coming for the NC State game we have a group called Lanco also coming up a guy named John Langston and then One of the favorites of the the Friday Night Block Party, his name's Chris Lane, who is a household name at this point. He's on tour with Florida Georgia Line and the Backstreet Boys, but he's been with us. This will be his third time, and uh, you know all these guys are they're high energy, and it's it's definitely something to come out and see. And uh, the most important thing to note on all of these is that we are picking up the show and moving it down to College Town, where it'll be in the shadows of the stadium. There's plenty of. Free parking down there, and a lot more space, and a lot more options for folks to come out and get something to eat, uh, have a have a, a beverage or two. But it um, should be a good time.
1: So you'll have the the permanent establishments that are down there, and then other folks that are coming in that set up temporarily. Correct?
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it provides us so much more space. I mean, it's hard to to put a large scale concert into the downtown streets of Tallahassee at five o'clock rush hour traffic on a f- football weekend and somehow or another for the last five years or so we've done it and we're so blessed to be able to take it to a different area and have more space to stretch out and move and and uh, do more things so there's some exciting things and tow for us this fall down there
0: so where's the stage going to set up jd
3: it's going to be right there at the intersection of woodward and madison so if you were Right there in front of Madison Social or Township or one of those places, they'll be playing directly down Madison Street, um, but we will be blocking off the streets of um, Madison and Woodward from the roundabout on, uh, on Woodward all the way down to St. Augustine and then all the way down Madison to a little bit past Vale Food. So a lot of foot traffic. Um, there's going to be Uber pickup and drop-off dedicated areas for those that like to partake and uh, not drive, which I highly recommend. Um, so yeah, a little bit of everything going on down there.
0: Very cool. And then, uh, by the way, Keith wanted me to mention to you: Is there any chance you could get Chicago or the Little River Band to play a Friday night block <laughs> party? Preferably uh, the Little River Band.
3: Yeah, I think we'd probably have to end that show around six, or everybody could get to bed. So,
1: <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> Let's go inside the stadium. We got another scoreboard up, a big board up in the uh, in the end zone, and you can look. Uh, you can look left. You can look right. You can see everything that's going on in Doak.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a good thing for us. You know, the the students are a future of our program here, obviously. And, you know, last year they're having to sit in the north end zone, and they had to just about break their neck to turn around to see the video board for a replay. Now they can look right ahead, just like in the old days where we had two. And the one that's going to be sitting atop the Champions Club down there this year will actually be bigger than the one we had in the north end zone prior to the one we have now. So it will give us a lot more ability to provide a uh, good experience for those that are coming to the games and hopefully a little bit of shade for those that are going to be down there in the south end zone
1: and i know i think this is more of a boosters project than an athletic project but there'll be a redesigned Langford green when uh, that first home game comes around as well
3: yeah that's something we've been working on too uh, if you've ever been out the Langford green you know that even in a very small rain pouring shower it hold it there's standing water out there just about up to your ankles so I mean we're putting a new drainage system out there running Wi-fi out there for people um, also new sprinkler systems some thicker cut sod and reformatting the area to make it a little bit more functional and uh, so that's coming into the finish line now should be done here in the next couple of weeks so if you know from the you know layman's eye it, it, you won't notice a difference too much but there will be a significant upgrade out there for those who have come to game days before
0: another change for game days and I don't want to let the cat too far out of the bag but there's going to be different tailgate options uh, apparently that you guys are involved with this year
3: yeah you know for us i mean it's it's basically you know you, you want the product inside the stadium to be great but it's a it's an experience from the minute they get to Tallahassee to the minute they leave you want to in, uh, infect them with the positive things so you know, it sticks out in my mind. I've seen people for years, they come to our games, and a lot of times it's people who are coming for the first time that, you know, maybe they're not a season ticket holder, but they're coming to experience Doe Campbell Stadium, and they don't have a place to tailgate near the stadium, and they're walking around with a 12-pack under their arm and uh, sunburned because they can't escape the sun. So, you know, taking all that into, you know, we, we pretty much came up with a new idea we're putting together a turnkey tailgate for those who are looking for a place to tailgate. You don't want the hassle of having to bring a tent and table and all that stuff. We, we're we going to provide that for you. And um, it's going to be right outside of, in between Dickhauser Stadium and Doe Campbell. Right there, um, it'll be tented, television screens, projection screens, um, activities, food um, by Four Rivers, barbecue. Um, our friends at Coca-Cola will be involved. And there will also be a cash bar for those who are of age.
1: Do they need to pre-register or order ahead of time or is this first come first serve? How will that work?
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. So it's all done in advance if if you're interested in doing it, you go onto Seminoles.com. you go onto the ticket site just like you would be buying a ticket for the game. And I think it's important to know we price these things to where it's very affordable. We, you know, this is something that we we want make we want to make sure people are able to take advantage of. So, you know, good example, coming for the Louisiana-Monroe game, you want to come and have a meal, you want to have activities, and you want to be right there within a rock's throw of the stadium, you can come and enjoy us. Starts four hours prior to kickoff and shuts down just before kickoff. And I think uh, the ticket for that, I think, is $25, and that's a meal, that's drinks, cash bar available, entertainment, televisions, you name it. You don't have to bring anything but uh, yourself and a good time.
0: Sounds like a good time there for sure. It's uh, I, I don't want to uh, sidetrack us too far because football is at hand. But since we asked the video board questions, I know there's plans for new video boards at some of the other venues. What, what's on tap uh, the rest of this year, JD?
3: Well, the one that we're we're working on right now is the, over at Dick Houser. We're doing a we're putting in something new over there that'll be in place before the start of the next season. And uh, we're going through the process right now of selecting a, a vendor to help us with that. And we've got a really cool design out there that's going to just be a tremendous upgrade. I, I remember back in 2003 when that thing went up the first time, It was I think it might have been dated by the time it was complete. But uh, it's been a long time. It's been about 14 years, and it's about time to, to change it out. So. Think the fans are really going to enjoy what they see when they come out there for uh, the first. first well, game. and I uh, would
1: remind our listeners that uh, the marching chiefs also put on a show at Hauser uh, about an hour, hour and a half before kickoff, and yeah, their then, skull session. Yeah, with everything that's going on with the with the uh, tailgating, that's going to be a pretty popular area over there that folks are going to take advantage of.
3: Absolutely, it's going to. You know, we're always looking for ways to enhance the experience of people that come to our events because the one thing you can't replicate at home is the experience of. Tailgating and the experience that you're, the camaraderie of being around your friends and everything back here on campus, you can't get that on the couch. So we want to do everything we can to emphasize that here. It
0: occurs to me, JD, there's a new uh, catering contract uh, on campus with Sedexo. What is it? Does that change anything in terms of options available uh, for, at, at the stadium at Doak on game days?
3: Yeah, I think the fans are going to be very, very pleased with that. They, you know, they're bringing a fresh perspective to concessions here. And they're doing things to you know upgrade that, and I think it's gonna be something that will be felt more over time than it is initially, but there will be some changes that people can expect now. They're putting a bigger emphasis on bringing in uh, more branded food options for one um, They're also gonna do things to make more locally sourced foods, so whether it's a Bradley sausage or you know something that's done here. They want to make sure that they showcase the Tallahassee market a little bit better. Um, So, and you know, they've also have an executive chef that's planning out the menus for the, for the stadium. And uh, it's chef Art Smith, who I think some people may be familiar with. Um, He's, he's doing some things. I think people will be very happy to see here, Um, you know, and they're, they're doing some upgrades to the concession stands as well, but they will also be a partner with us out there at our tailgate. But you know, they're, their their number one goal is to positively enhance the fan experience from the concession standpoint. So we're gonna hold them to it.
0: Well, so other than those uh, ninety two things you just mentioned, you What don't were have, you doing over there? There's so much going on yeah. right now for the new year.
3: Yeah, it's, there's a lot of moving parts right now, but you know, we're we're excited um with everything coming up and uh September second can't get here fast enough
2: future
1: question jd i know i don't think it's ready to be announced yet but will there be a uh a friday night uh dark uh doke uh, after dark after dark uh during the 17 season
3: we're trying to make it work we're looking at some options right now you know the the biggest thing that we're trying to avoid is we're not trying to force something to happen that that won't be successful so we're looking at some options this fall and uh I'd say there's a a good chance that fans will see something um, if things work out the way we want.
0: Cool. Excellent. J.D., thanks for your insight. I know folks will be interested. Uh, They're chomping at the bit for the start of uh, football season, as we all are. Appreciate it. You got it, guys. Jason Dennard from the Florida State Athletics Department. Appreciate it. his time and what he's got going, always always interesting to hear what's in store. The video board is the big one in terms of uh, inside inside. The but
1: uh, that, that tailgate experience, uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see how that uh, works out because he's exactly right. There are a lot of people that – a lot of people come, have the ability to tailgate, do set up their tailgate, do great things. But then there, there's a portion of the public that – uh, Would prefer having it prepared for them and not toted in, so to speak. Do you know what I
0: made a note of, Keith? What'd you make a note of, Tom? How far before kickoff do you and I get on the radio? Three typically, hours. Typically three hours. Tailgate opens four hours before. I like the way you think. Exactly. All right, we'll get to our Seminoles.com <laughs> insider, Tim Linnefelt. We continue on front row Knowles. <laughs>
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: Back on Front Row Knowles and back to the Earl Bacon Agency Hotline, we go to say hello to our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linefelt. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Good. Big news this week. Not just football practice, but Seminoles.com has been (laughs) revamped, relaunched. I don't know what the term is, so I'll let you uh, enlighten us.
4: I think uh, revamped and relaunched is a a good way to put it. Uh, It's it's obviously a a news site, different look. But, you know, there's there's some similarities there. uh, But a lot more focused on, uh, you know, what I think are big graphics, big images. Uh, and a lot more optimized for the mobile experience, which, as we all know, is all the rage these days. Everybody's going on the internet on their phones. They're not doing it as much on the computer, so you try to stay ahead of that curve as best you can and and what better way to launch the new site than uh, you know get get out there on the first day of a uh, fall camp when there's a lot going on?
1: i've got I've got my twin twenty four inch monitors and and i can I can navigate Seminoles.com dot com real good, but when I go to an iPhone.
0: These fifty-eight-year-old eyes struggle a little bit. That's why you need the iPhone Plus, right? They still make. Oh, those. shut up! Hey Tim, <laughs> the the only thing I was disappointed in when I logged on for the first time, I really thought that there would, you know, be a, a mug of you at least occupying twenty-five to fifty percent of that homepage for symbols.com
4: well, We're still negotiating that. You know, it was, it was a soft launch. You know, but but there's there's still things that can change, and the uh, the mug shot is definitely. Uh, definitely in the uh, in the working I'm, I'm maybe i'll have that in time for next week
0: good to know good to know so next week tune in you can see tim's mugshot and also of course you can uh, catch jimbo uh, and his press conferences uh, post game during the course of the season and the season is approaching we're a month away tim and keith and i uh summed up yesterday's activity in about 30 seconds maybe 20 i think which went like this other than the freshman center which keith wisely uh, and accurately corrected me everybody's healthy everybody's eligible and rick leonard is now at left tackle and jock patrick is the starting tailback all right here we go to practice does that pretty much sum up <laughs> yesterday's happenings that's i think the, that's the highlights for sure yeah but go to seminoles.com to read in more detail about each of those no what I, I asked keith about it what were your thoughts on uh the announcement that that leonard had moved over to left tackle
4: you know i actually kind of had a sneaking suspicion that that might be the case i wasn't necessarily Expecting him to announce it uh, in the in the first day uh, in his preseason press conference, but when you look at that that uh, that situation there, you know what you lost on the left side of the line between Roderick Johnson and Kareem R. Uh, you know you got two guys, Rick Leonard and Brock Rule who both have starting experience at the tackle spot, uh, and you know that they both can't play right tackle. And then over at the other side, based on the spring, you had a pair of redshirt freshmen, and Josh Ball and Jalon Williams working out that spot. So the question I had was, well, how comfortable are they going to be starting a redshirt freshman who hasn't played a single game, starting them off against Alabama in week one? Uh, And and if they are, great. That means those guys had really good practice and really good But I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried out one of those more experienced guys uh, and see how they look. And, And Jimbo Fisher has made reference in the past, the fact that Rick Leonard, despite not having played left tackle in a game, has worked there in practice before, so he feels comfortable with it. So to me, it just sort of makes sense. Uh, you want to get as much experience as, as possible over there, and you know, Rick Leonard, I thought played really well toward the end of last season. We'll see how much playing right tackle translates over to playing left tackle, but it, uh, it sounds like they feel pretty good about it so far. So, yeah, I, 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 it just seemed like you know, when you, when you look at who they're playing in that first game and what they have uh, available in that offensive line room, getting a guy out there with with uh, you know who, who started six games last year, giving him the first crack at it, to me, just makes a lot of sense.
1: Being an old school guy, I, I was uh, uh, encouraged uh, by the refreshing comment of Coach Fisher that uh, Patrick would uh, at least go into the camp as the number one because he'd earned it. It was his to lose, I believe, is the way Jimbo talked about it in terms of the tailback position. How do you see that mapping out when everything's said and done?
4: I think, look, I, you know, everybody's excited about the, the freshman, and for good reason. But you know, it, it's not like Jacquez Patrick A doesn't have the the same type of pep prep pedigree. I mean, he was a five-star prospect himself. Uh, and then when you look at what he's been able to do when given the opportunities, uh, you know, I remember that Syracuse game uh, a couple years ago when Dalvin Cook was out with an injury, Jacquez Patrick was a starter uh, and all he did was run for three touchdowns and I think over 150 yards, you know, when he's been given an opportunity, he's done really well. And the fact of the matter is that everybody on the, on the running back depth chart, uh, if number four were still here, if he was back for his senior year, everybody else would be fighting for number two. So it's no shame to you know lose touches to Dalvin Cook. So to me, I you know I, I think Jacquez can can do some nice things. He's he's shown the ability to be a feature back uh, when when he's given that opportunity. It's just that opportunities were kind of hard to come by. So uh, I think I, I believe Jimbo Fisher when he says that, that Jacquez is the number one guy. I think he probably will be for a while. I, I suspect that. Some of those other guys will get in the mix as the season wears on maybe even in some of that first game but uh, you know i to me there's no reason to think that Josh Patrick can't make some things happen uh, he's shown that he can and finally i think he's just finally in line for for more opportunities
1: jimbo made a comment or had, had actually had a couple of three paragraphs on the transcript uh when he was asked a little bit about the quarterback position and and the run pass option you know how how many times uh, that's utilized, and I was interested both in Jimbo's answer and your response to it. He said, you know, guys, we run the RPO about, what did he say, 8 to 14 times a game. When you're going into it with with uh, DeAndre and not sure who you have behind him, um, is is that a correct number of – Touches where the quarterback has an option to maybe run the ball, and and do you see anything happening in that backup quarterback position as camp starts?
4: Okay, let's let's start uh, with the with the running stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think Jimbo's answer to that I thought was really interesting um, and, and pretty encouraging. You know, he he makes no uh, m- no bones about the fact that he really doesn't care for it. He doesn't think it's fair to the defenses, uh, and thinks that he would like to see that rule change as far as offensive linemen downfield. Uh, but the rules are the rules, and you're hurting yourself if you don't play, you know, within the rules. Uh, especially when other teams are doing it. Uh, you know, to me, the and, and Keith, you could speak more to this as a, as a former player. But you know, having the run-pass option and, and running those plays, e- even just having the threat of it, getting guys moving and, and making the defense commit, that doesn't mean that DeAndre necessarily has to take off and run with it. You just kind of have to show that you will here and there. Uh, and and also, you know, I don't I don't know that you worry if you, if you teach a guy. You know, the, the, the proper way to do it, how to slide, how to get down, how to, you know, brace for his body. To me, getting hit that way is different than standing tall in the pocket and getting hit the way he did so many times last year. So I'm not super concerned about that. I do think, you know, that the 8 to 14 is probably a pretty good number, especially if you consider that DeAndre is probably not going to be taken off uh, on all of those plays, just sort of showing the threat to or, or, you know, putting the defense in a bad spot and making them commit to something beforehand. Uh, and then ideally, he'll be able to get the ball out before. He gets hit. So, I don't think it's a huge concern uh, as far as that goes. And then, the second part of your question uh, on the backup quarterbacks, I, I don't think there's anything changed in the first day. That's kind of asking a lot, obviously. Um, you know, I will say that, you know, looking at the, uh, the two freshmen, James Blackman and, and Bailey Hawkman, I mean, they both look like guys that, I mean, they look like college quarterbacks, right? I mean, they have good arms, good releases. we have seen Bailey Hawkman before, but James Blackman, I thought, looked like a pretty impressive guy. I had a really nice release. It's six foot five. He's he, he's kind of deceptively tall. You know, you don't realize how tall six five is out there until you go out and see him. So uh, you know, we'll see if those guys have anything to say. They got a long time to to throw their hats in the ring. Uh, but as of right now, I think one day is too early to make any kind of you know major declarations.
0: Do you anticipate that one of the tailbacks might move to receiver? And I'm thinking the guy I'm thinking about is Ryan Green, who I don't know at all. But I mean, that depth chart is just so jammed up at the running back spot. And it appears to not, you know, it's not as deep at the receiver spot. It just seems like a guy like that might see the field, uh, you know, it might be a better avenue to see the field. And that's just pure conjecture. I'm not hearing any inside talk about that.
4: That's the first I've heard of that idea. It doesn't sound like a a terrible one, uh, especially, like you said, given the numbers at each spot. What I wonder is if you might – you know, see Ryan Green, and he's a good choice for that sort of thing, having played as many different positions that he has. And, and, you know, he was, remember, he was in the secondary for a little while. So he has a little bit of experience uh, at the college level, not playing receiver, but, you know, playing on in that part of the field. Um, if you, you might see him still, still remain a running back, but, you know, have him on the field and either in, in pass catching situations or even have him start in the backfield and move him in motion out wide and, and have him serve that way rather than, you know, making a full time switch to receiver. And uh, and working into the receivers room and that sort of thing. I don't think that that'll happen. I typically I would I would expect if if, if they were planning on doing something like that, I think it probably experiment would in like the spring camp, yeah. Exactly, that way in the spring or at least you know make that decision before fall camp uh, starts. And so we haven't seen anything. But I you know I, I also wouldn't be surprised if like we were saying a second ago, if if, if Ryan were sort of a pass catching specialist, I also think that Amir Asul, as quick as he is uh, could be uh, somebody who could play a role like that as well. Just kind of find a way to. You know, throw him a little quick pass or a screen, something like that, and, and let him do his thing.
0: I agree, experiment in the spring, but what changes in the fall is all of a sudden there's more bodies potentially in front of you on that depth chart at running back when well, you guys well, get there. So, the good
1: thing it, of the receivers, though, is the receiver bodies are healthy, at least for the start of camp. That's not always been the case.
0: Now, you know, Jimbo, he sang praises of basically everybody yesterday, uh, Tim, but is DJ Matthews a guy who could get into the receiver rotation uh, or the other freshmen as freshman, because that has not been the norm at fsu save for rashad green and travis rudolph i guess a little bit played his freshman year as well but what do you think about those two kids
4: i think they both look really impressive uh especially you, you know the guy who maybe is flying a little bit more under the radar uh, and i watched for a little while yesterday was tamorian terry guy from south georgia maybe uh you know i guess what you might call a diamond in the rough style recruit but man he, he looks the part he's got a big frame runs really nice routes I saw him make a couple nice catches in the early portion of practice yesterday uh, and, and so you know you wonder if, if maybe as, as as big as he is if you could find a way to kind of just you know let him rely on the natural ability being as tall as he is uh, that maybe some of the smaller guys can't but you know DJ Matthews uh, you know he, he almost reminds you uh, I, I don't know like a, like maybe like a Burt Reed or Kermit Whitfield he's not certainly not the tallest guy but he's really really shifty uh, looks pretty smooth out there I thought it's, it's again it's so hard to stay on the first day and you're right Florida State's history, uh, with wide receivers suggest it takes them a little while to, to crack the rotation and see the field, but uh, things are a little unique this year because the the, the depth there, if, if you have everybody that you have you have back from last year, if everybody's producing the, the way that they can and the way that they should, then maybe you don't need those freshmen to produce. And you've got to throw those tight ends in the mix as well. I think they're going to be involved in the passing game. But if one of the returning guys uh, isn't able to take hold of the job or isn't able to, to seize that you know, fourth, fifth receiver spot with any consistency, then you could be a situation where you have to find a way to get either Tamora Ontario or DJ Matthews involved just because you're going to run those sets sometime.
1: And we have done exactly what Jimbo did yesterday, which is spend all our time talking about the offense and very little talk about the defense. I guess they're going to be just that good.
4: <laughs> can, can I say one thing before we transition to defense? Uh, a, a question that, that I thought you were going to ask me and you didn't, but I'm going to go ahead and answer it is a, a, a freshman who stood out to me and, hey, uh, Tim,
0: you, who's a freshman that stood out to you? There we play. go.
4: You, you know who, who kind of surprised me uh, is uh, Kalen LeBourne, the other five-star running back. I think we talked so much about Cam Akers, and for good reason. He, he, he looks really good, and I think that we expect he's going to have a really nice career. But, man, Kalen LeBourne was a big deal in high school in and of himself. Uh, and just watching him out there at practice yesterday, watching him even walk out onto the field, I mean, he, he's really noticeable. He looks just as physically impressive, as far as I can tell, as, as Cam Akers. Looks like a guy who's been in college for a while. And, and oh, by the way, it's, it's hard not to notice uh, a Florida State running back coming out there and wearing the number four. Uh, obviously a confident guy, but, but certainly looks the part and is, is excited as everybody is about Cam Akers. I think Caitlin LeBorn uh, has a chance to have a really nice career as well.
0: Tim, who stood out on the defensive side of the ball?
4: <laughs> well, um, man – Uh, is is derwin james too obvious
0: an answer well you know see i'm going to take this back to offense too because uh, jimbo left the door open that he's going to play on the other side well here's what i thought you know i thought well then we're going to get back into this stuff like when jalen ramsey returned kicks and he had to put a new jersey on to go out there because otherwise you couldn't have cam and derwin both on the field at the same time so if you you show up at practice this week and and derwin or cam are wearing a different jersey number then maybe we're on to something
4: yeah, that could be. I, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting uh, too. The when uh, when when Jimbo left that door open, um, and, and especially talking to Derwin about it, you know, he, he's all for it. He's been asked about it several times, and he de- he doesn't straight up lobby. He's not you know saying, "Hey, coach, put me in," but but he's also not shy about saying, "Hey, I I, I want to be you know there. I, I like having the ball in my hands." And man, I I don't know if if, if I'm a defender, I see him coming at me with a head of steam, uh, I, I might try to get out of the way. So. Uh, so that'd be a good thing, but no, I thought he looked good. And into uh, to, to keep the, uh, the the theme with the freshman, which is you know kind of what we do at this time of year, especially after the first day. Uh, man, Marvin Wilson looks really, really impressive. It, it, I think, you know, finding a regular spot in the rotation for him could actually be more challenging than you might think, just because Florida State is so loaded at the defensive tackle spots and has a lot of really talented experience. But gosh, just looking at that guy, even you know, I was trying to think back to, to Timmy Jernigan's freshman year, which was a startling six years ago back in 2011. I was like, man, was he that physically impressive uh, his first day here? And I, I don't know that I can remember, but I don't think there's been anybody since him that looks the way that Marvin Wilson does on his first day uh, as a college football player. Man alive, that guy looks like something else. I
1: heard somebody talk about him and they used two words, grown
4: man. No, he is. And he's, he's
0: 18 years old. Some people yeah, would add a word in the middle of that.
4: <laughs> not on a family show.
0: Yeah, not on a family show. Tim, uh, I thought Jimbo summed it up uh, well after practice last night. You know, since they're not, it's not contact yet, he said, Oh, they look great. good. Socks look good. The cleats were shiny. The shorts fit well. The shirts were tight. I mean, that's about what we're doing right now at this point in the season. It
4: is. It is. But, you know, hey, I'd rather look good when it's easy to look good than not, right?
0: That's true. That's true.
4: You know. You have it. You have it. You have issues there, but no, yeah, it's, it's you know, still kind of getting everybody used to things. Uh, it's almost like the it's almost like the first day of school. You know, you see all the guys you haven't seen in a while. Everybody kind of gets used to things for the freshmen, especially getting used to the the speed, the tempo, just the order of practice. You know, those are the kind of things that we might take for granted, but for a kid, you know, coming away from home, first day of practice, just just getting used to everything uh, is a pretty big deal. And then they'll move on to shells later on this week, and then eventually full pads. So things will pick up here before long.
0: Tim, we appreciate it. It's going to be a busy month. Thanks for your insight, and uh, congrats uh, on the new launch of us or the relaunch of Seminoles.com. We look forward to seeing your mug on there next week. I'll work on it, guys. Thank you. Tim Linefeld our Seminoles.com insider on the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. Keith and I will react to, uh, well, his comments, J.D.'s comments, anything else we think of, and we'll do or in the next Whatever week. you say during the break that I don't like. We'll do that next on Front Row Knowles.
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: We were long-winded with Tim and J.D. there. We don't have much time to be verbose ourselves. Or pontificate. Which is good because we're not
1: very good at that. But what would you like to discuss? Well, you had made the comment during the break, as I knew you would, that we've got to be careful and clarify when when Jimbo talks about run pass option, he's also including bubble screens, he's yeah, and he's, and, he's, and things to the whiteout, not just the, not not just the read option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he
0: answered that question yesterday, because he said. You know, the bubble screens are RPO. And I think it's a little different than what the media is digging into in terms of truly exploiting the rule about having guys that far downfield, linemen blocking, right? really selling a run, and then and a guy's running free.
1: And I tell you, Jimbo, a, Jimbo hates the rule, though. And it's a bad rule. And, and I, I have played on the defensive side, even though it was, you know, the last millennium. Um, you get you know, certain positions key off of those linemen, and you get a lineman that that's you know three yards down the field. You're expecting a run, a safety can bite on that easily, and uh, I think the rule has got to be changed. We talked uh, a little bit about that, or at least the ACC did a little bit about that when we were up in Charlotte. Uh, unfortunately, nothing's going to happen this year, but I think it needs to continue to be looked at, and I think there's some changes that are that are merited there.
0: Well, you got Jimbo and Nick are both opposed to it. Those would be two guys that uh, could lead that charge a little bit.
1: And, and they talk frequently, but not a lot of X's and O's, according to the, uh, the the press conference. And what do they talk about? Their favorite color? What do they eat at a restaurant? Where are they going hunting next? What is it?
0: I think they probably talk, and I don't know this. Jimbo was asked about this yesterday. He's going to get a million Nick questions, which is interesting because, to me, I'm a little more interested in what – Jeremy Pruitt may know from the one year he spent here, and that's who Jimbo's going against. But Nick and Jimbo is the is the, is the headliner there. Uh, I think they probably talk about issues from time to time. Like, hey, Nick, I've got this guy. I've got a player that did this. Yes. What 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 have or, you done with you had a or player do that? I've got a five star that I just can't get the light to go on. But he's you know he's a first round pick. I think it's more conversational. Probably like that. so uh some of it would be scheme or like did you see what happened in this game yesterday kind of or, did, or
1: or did you see what the offensive coordinator at minnesota did when minnesota played northwestern and put up 700 yards or something i mean because they're always looking for talent
0: so we're we're two days in now we're a month from the game keith it'll be a week till you and i talk again what do you you know what what is this part of camp um you know what do you expect to, to happen here i know you can't predict the future but what 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 foundation needs to be laid over the next, you know, the first half of August before you get into installing the offense and uh, the game plan for Alabama?
1: Well, there's a positive and a negative. And when I, when I talk about the negative, that's going to be obvious injuries because you can turn an ankle, you can blow out a knee in shorts just like you can when you're in full pads. Uh, so staying healthy well, uh, is, is it, a given. I hate to say it, but it was this time last year that Sean McGuire went down. Exactly. So you, 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 you want to be healthy. Number two, what you're looking for, now, and Jimbo talked about it a little bit, is the ability, particularly for the young kids, to be coached. In other words, uh, you got you step with this foot. You do this first, you read this first before you do this second. In this particular play, pay attention to this. And you mentioned about the young receivers and how, you know, with the exception of uh, Green and, 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 and others, you don't get a lot of playing time as a freshman. That's because of all the after snap. Reads that have to be done. Sight adjustments uh, is another word for them. They're not used to doing that. The freshmen uh, are just not used to doing that. How quickly do they adapt to that? Do they have an innate ability to see and visualize and comprehend? Those are the things you can start paying attention to and start, uh, you know, uh, when you get into week two, change your reps a little bit in terms of giving those that shine a little bit a little more opportunity Mm -hmm. to see how much
0: they can bite off and how much they can digest. I'll remind you, if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener for all your power tool needs. You can call them at 580-1200. Two locations, as you know, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Online at ctf.nu. Back to wrap up Front Row Knowles right after this. We don't
2: need no education. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith.
0: All right, just a couple more minutes to wrap up. I want to go back to this point that I, I raised earlier because since I took the time to do show prep, we might as well put it out there again, Let's right? Let's take advantage of your investment of time. Exactly. So, again, and this goes back to last year at this time, we thought the defense was going to be lights out and then we're completely mystified that they weren't. And to me, in retrospect, looking at it, maybe the optimism was too great last year, which is my way of defending that I think it's on point this year. Now we'll see. Who knows? And obviously injuries played a factor last year too. But going into last year, Florida State was without six of its top eleven tacklers from the year prior. Nile Lawrence Stampled, including the top three: Nile Lawrence Stampled, Terrence Smith, Reggie Northrup, Javian Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, LaMarcus Brutus. And then, and then Derwin went down, so they were without seven of their top eleven tacklers. This year, Florida State goes in. The only losses on the defensive side of the ball. Not that this isn't a big one. Demarcus Walker and Marquez Smith. And Marcus Lewis. But out of the next 21, they return 18 of their top 21 tacklers from last year. The three that they're missing are those three I just mentioned. Plus Derwin James, who was 22nd on the team in tackles last year. That is reason for optimism and excitement about this defense. for no other reason, experience. I mean, they're still young, but they've got experience.
1: And uh, I just just think it's interesting. 18 of 21 is a big number. I just think it's interesting. You go Jimbo through an hour press conference, and he spends eight minutes talking about the defense. We get Lenefeld on for 15 minutes. We spend two minutes talking about the defense.
0: Offense I mean, sells I, you know, the popcorn. I understand,
1: but are we that confident? And maybe we are. And, and your point, maybe we should be of how good this defense might be. Now, you, <clears throat> pardon me, you've got to throw out the Alabama game. You can lose that game, and Alabama's great and all that. But, I mean, just in terms of a defense consistently over a
0: 12-game schedule. It's got a chance to be a pretty good one. I think so. All right. We, uh, we're out of time, but we, we, we've we got the whole month of August to chew on this a little bit more. Folks, uh, if you don't already, subscribe to our pad- podcast on iTunes. You can stream the show live via the WTSM app. We come your way live on the radio, on the airwaves, each and every Wednesday at 6. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Front Row Knowles.